Welcome to the Solomon's Porch Podcast, the podcast from the worship experience of Solomon's Porch at Valdosta First United Methodist Church. We want you to be encouraged and inspired in your faith journey. So sit back and relax, unless you're driving or using heavy machinery, and enjoy. Well, I'm still thankful even if I didn't have the microphone on. Welcome, friends. It's so good to see you. And Jeremy... I'm just glad you got Jessica. I mean, I don't know how. You just hit the gold mine right there. And, and I got a Freeman hug this morning when I came in here. I'm telling you, I am blessed, blessed, blessed. Um, well, it's great to be here. Now, you all know that the reason I'm here is Shannon is out of town. Uh, we love Shannon so much, and uh, she on Friday was a part of the service for her mother, uh, Shannon was able to give the eulogy, which takes a lot of courage and strength, but uh, Shannon's a remarkable person, and we love her and thank God for her. So uh, anyway, but I'm glad to be here anyway. I'm glad I'm living thank you uh, because I saw some people on the video here in the flesh, you know. I mean, how awesome is that? Uh, we're making a difference wherever we go. By the way, I, at, uh, over at, at the first service I was in, uh, we had one of the guys who had been in prison, in our prison ministry, to come and to uh, talk with us about what had happened there. And I'm just reminded that when we come to church, we don't come here and say, okay, church, check, done with that. When we come here, we come to listen to God so that we go out and for the whole rest of the week, we live out what God tells us. I mean, this isn't check off, thank you. This is live, thank you. Now, I'm really sorry I missed last week uh, with, with at 11 o'clock where they did the pizza thing. Did you tell them about that, J.D.? Um, if, if those of you who were not here at 11, because you all are early service folks, but at 11, you want to tell them about it? Uh, yeah, J.D. wasn't there either. That's right, because you you're at the early service. You were here, and, and uh, they ordered a pizza, right? Yeah. Ordered, a small pizza. ordered a small pizza at church. But before they ordered the pizza, they told everybody what they were going to do and say, we're going to order a pizza, and whoever comes here to deliver it, we're going to give them a tip. And so they passed around uh, a plate and took up uh, an offering for this person. So Shan preached early, and they, uh, then she went downstairs. Uh, they ordered the pizza about the right time, and the gal showed up with the pizza. So Shannon said, hey, we're talking about God's extravagant generosity, and, you know, this pizza thing is kind of part of our deal, so you don't have to say anything, but would you come up and present the pizza to me on the platform? And so she said, oh, this is fairly weird, but, uh, you know, okay. So Shannon comes up here, and, uh, and she, you know, presents the pizza and says, okay, gang, now, we ordered a pizza, and when you get the pizza delivery, what do you do? And they all yell out, give them a tip. So she, uh, Shannon said to her, well, okay, we, we want to give you a tip, and we wonder if you'd accept this tip for $1,122. She said, yes. 
I think there were some wows in there. And uh, she wasn't put on the spot. That wa- this wasn't done to embarrass her. But I think to me, what really was a great blessing, Emily uh, helped her after uh, you know, the, the service was concluding. And, and so she helped uh, the, the lady on her way out and said when she was down there by herself, uh, with Emily, she said, you know, we just moved here from, I think it was Indiana, and um, we just have, have more bills than we do money, and we didn't know how we were going to make it through. There wasn't going to be any Thanksgiving, you know, no special stuff for Christmas, and she said, uh, now we can. I thought, you know, isn't that what it's like to live thank you? That we make a difference in the lives of others and this wasn't about patting ourselves on the back you all understand that this was just about blessing someone whom we cared about uh, even though we didn't know her we cared about her. that's that's the spirit of Christ which leads me to this interesting thing I had something happen this week that I've never had happen before and I, <laughs> I don't know maybe maybe it's happened to somebody here but I walked into the hospital and there was a guy uh, all of a sudden I heard, Pastor Moon! And I looked over, and here's a guy that I had helped out some years ago. I, you know, I recognized him. I sure couldn't place the details. But I, I'd helped him out with something, and he says, could I talk to you privately? Well, you all know where that's going. So I say, well, sure, come on. Tell you? You know, and he tells me his story. And I don't often give cash. Uh, cash often turns liquid. You know, and uh, so I, I well, well, so I pulled out a little bit and, and gave it to him, and um, then I went into the hospital. When I came back out, I heard, Pastor Moon! Well, I was walking, and apparently I'd been in his line of sight, and I'd moved out of the line of sight. There was a pole and some shrubs in the way, and I'm not proud to tell you this. I was thinking, I wonder if I can get away. And the Lord said, Bob, oh, I said, sorry, Lord. So I, I backed up, and here he was just trucking across the, the uh, parking lot. And he was with a, a lady who, I don't know, was wife, girlfriend, something. So uh, I, I went uh, over, and he, he, he's holding out the money to me that I'd given. And he said, hey, she wanted me to ask if you'd take this money back and give us more. I'd never had anybody do that to me before. And I'm telling you, there were many possible responses going through my mind. One of which was, I can do half of that. (laughs) Anyway, um, but the Lord helped me keep my big mouth shut. And so I said, well, why don't you just take that that I've given you and God bless you. But the Bible says that God loves a cheerful giver and I'm telling you I was not I was a grumpy giver and I got in my car you know fuming and kind of in a huff how dare he do that I mean come on you didn't give me enough give me more like I owed it to him or something and you know doesn't he know what a, an awesome person I am generous helping him out I mean what's wrong with the guy anyhow and y'all I hope hear the irony in that and you know God's just up there shaking his head thinking holy smokes Bob and I'm I'm just I have to confess to this it took a 
good long while before God was finally able to get through my thick head and probably thicker heart and help me say, hmm, I have a lot to be thankful for in that I am the one being asked for money and I've got it and I'm not the one asking for money who's at the end of his rope. Which brings me to Betty going shopping for a Christmas gift. And uh, as I was seeing her off, I whispered those three sweet little words in her ear. Don't spend much. <laughs> she goes off and God's saying, Bob, you know, you were like Scrooge or something. I said, you know, have you stopped to thank me that she loves doing that and you don't have to. I thought, praise the Lord, that's true. I mean, that's just like, you know, I'm putting your fingernails across a black one. I just, gah. But, um, so, and God's just, he was working in my heart. I'd gotten all bent out of shape about the other guy and God was trying to teach me about my own heart. Which brings me to this really cool story. Now, all of us who are pastors are going to have to ask God for forgiveness because the time we troop this out every year is at Thanksgiving. You know, this is a familiar story from Luke 17 uh, about the ten lepers. But, but what we have to ask God forgiveness for is not bringing it out on Thanksgiving. It's for forgetting it all the rest of the year. Because it's just such a great story. So let, let's just take a look at this story from uh, Luke 17 and uh, hear what God has to say to us. Now, this is a familiar story, and I've had to ask God, would you help me, you know, kind of listen with new ears? So let, let's just try and listen to the word. As Jesus continued on toward Jerusalem, he reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. As he entered a village there, ten lepers stood at a distance crying out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. He looked at them and said, Go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus shouting, Praise God! He fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. This man was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, Didn't I heal ten men? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And Jesus said to the man, Stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. And we're going to come back to that last word, the healed you, in just a minute. And we're going to hear what that word is, really. Now, as I was looking at that, there were two things that surprised me. The first is that Jesus was surprised. He was not surprised that this one guy had come back to say thank you. He was surprised that nine didn't. He just assumed when good things happen to people, when they receive blessings, the natural response is thank you. And when people live with ingratitude, 
It surprises Jesus. Gratitude is something God has built into our hearts. Then there was a second thing that uh, surprised me, and it was in the first verse. I just hadn't really noticed about it. You, you know when we read stuff in the Bible, like, you know, it was on the border between Galilee and Samaria. We're all thinking, well, I don't know, where the heck Galilee is or Samaria, and, you know, we just sort of brush past that. It's like when you get those lists, you know, and God uh, said, now I want you to go into the land of the Girgashites and the Hittites and the Mosquito Bites, and, you know, <laughs> we're thinking, I have no idea who any of those people, we sort of just gloss right on over it. Well, do you know where the border is between Galilee and Samaria? Galilee is in the north. Jerusalem and Judea, that's in the south. And then there's this chunk in the middle, which is Samaria. So the Jews were hanging out in, in Galilee and down the south. And a good Jew, a good Jew, despised the Samaritans so much, he wouldn't travel down through Samaria, even though that was the shortest route to get to Jerusalem. He'd go across the Jordan River, go down on the other side, and then cross back over to get back to, uh, to Jerusalem. So the Jews and Samaritans didn't have any love lost for each other, and Samaritans felt about the same way about the Jews. Did you notice where these people lived, these ten lepers? They were on the border between the Jews in the north and the Samaritans on the south. I noticed that, and I thought, huh, I wonder why that is. And then it struck me. The Jews up in the north, they didn't want them. And the Samaritans down south, they didn't want them. Who wanted the lepers? No one. No one cared about these people. And here's where all of a sudden God's word came alive to me. Now, we probably don't really grasp it because we don't fully feel that antipathy, hatred between the Jews and the Samaritans. But I'm telling you, the people who heard this story and who were there when Jesus did the healing, we probably miss 90% of what they got. About 10% of the remarkable part of this story is that these men were healed. I mean, we're not diminishing that. To, to be healed of leprosy is a remarkable thing. But I think what they saw, 90% of the miracle here, was that Jesus even cared about these people. Nobody else did. But Jesus cared about these people. And so it struck me that Jesus caring about them was a witness to everyone around you know what God cares about these people now here's the question that God asked me when he clarified that in my mind he says I care about everybody you know the next question he asked me it's a two word question do you that's a hard question you know, I, I kind of like all the people who are kind of like me. I'm not sure I want those kind of people, whatever those kind of people are. And God had to say in, 
to me in my heart, you know, we're going back to that story about the guy I met at the hospital. He said, Bob, what kind of heart do you have? You left from that encounter with a pretty grumpy heart. I don't think that guy left there saying, that fella really loves me and he loves Jesus. I've had to ask Jesus for forgiveness and I've had to ask him for healing for my heart. Now, the story gets really ugly here. You know, we've all heard this story, this one, you know, time and again. And the preacher gets up here and he says, and only one came back to say thank you. And so we ought to come and say thank you to Jesus. And aren't those other nine just wretched individuals? You know, we, uh, you know, we got that. But here's what really struck me. Now remember, all ten of these guys were hanging out together, right? Because they all had leprosy. And you know, I'm a Jew, I'm a Samaritan. It didn't matter. They were all in the same boat. Nobody wanted them, and so they got together. But on the way, as they were going to the priest to be, you know, declared healed, and they saw all of a sudden, they saw, by golly, I'm healed. Only the one guy came back to say thank you. And here's what God said to me. Remember, they were all together. No differences. I mean, we're all lepers. But once they got healed, the old prejudices came rushing right back. And I wonder if the nine, who we make the assumption were Jews, I wonder if the nine said, you know, we're Jews and we, Jesus is a Jew. We, we probably deserve this. But, you know, that guy, he, he, you know, he ought to be thankful. He didn't deserve it. I don't know. But I think there's something so striking that maybe the, the Samaritan said, guys, we're healed. Let's go back. But that none of them went back. I mean, you'd think at least one other person. But I think the old prejudices came back. And they said, we don't want to have anything to do with you again. And their hearts, see, their bodies were healed, but their hearts weren't. So, we'll get back to this in just a second. But while I was thinking about this, my mind went to another verse. And this is from Romans chapter uh, 1, uh, verses 20 and 21. I think we've got them up here. It says this, For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and sky. Through everything God made, they clearly see His invisible qualities, His eternal power and divine nature. So they have no excuse for not knowing God. Yet, they knew God, but they wouldn't worship Him as God or even give him thanks and they began to think up foolish ideas of what God was like as a result their minds became dark and confused I got to think about that you know it says that they would not worship him or another translation says give glory to him as God or even give him thanks and I got to thinking you know we have certain respectable sins don't we I mean you know we love to point at the you know the big bad sins but I wonder if maybe ingratitude is one of those respectable sins that maybe infests our hearts more than we realized. 
So here are some simple ways that maybe we uh, find ourselves uh, with a spirit of ingratitude. I think I'm, we've got a list up here. God's law is ignored. I'm telling you, John 14, 21, this is the one who loves me, the one who has my commands and obeys them. But you know what? We're in a time when people say, oh, you know, I kind of don't really like that one, or I pick and choose through the Bible. Listen, we have God's word, and we're called to obedience. When we live in disobedience and ignore God's law, we are living in ingratitude. God's day is dishonored. I'm so glad you all are here to worship, but I'm telling you, I hear more and more, oh, it's my only day to sleep in. You know, I can be fine without going to church. I have other things I need to do. Uh, it's my only day for shopping. It's my only day to sleep in. It's my only day to go to church. It's my, 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 my. You remember in the Ten Commandments it says, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy? We've forgotten. It's a day to think about God, but we make it a day all about ourselves. And when we do that, we are living in ingratitude. God's book is neglected. Uh, I, can't, I don't even want to think the statistics they have about people who call themselves Christians and never open their Bible from one week to the next is just horrific. Well, Joshua tells us, this book of the law shall not depart from out of your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so you may be careful to do everything that is written in it. Then you'll be prosperous and successful. I'm telling you, when we ignore the word of God, we are living in ingratitude. When God's son is rejected, we are living in ingratitude. Uh, when Peter and John were called before the Sanhedrin and their lives were on the line. Jesus had just been crucified not long before that. And, you know, their lives were on the line but they wouldn't back down. They'd say, now, they said in uh, Acts chapter 4, there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Jesus is the only way. Boy, in our time, we've forgotten that. And we just say, well, sure, Jesus is nice, but you know, he's just one of many ways and whatever you want. Think about this for a moment. Why would God have sent his son, Jesus, to die on a cross for our sins if there were other ways. I mean, that just defies logic. God sent Jesus because there is no other way. And whenever we say, oh yeah, you know, there are so many other things, we are living in ingratitude because we reject what God's Son has done for us. God's deliverance is forgotten. Heard about a guy who was in a battle where 90% of the soldiers were killed and he was one of the few that survived. Somebody shook his hand and said, oh, I know you must just be living in gratitude every moment to God that your life was spared. Guy said, no, it was just good luck. How many good things happen to us and we just take them for granted? And we say to God, give me more, give me more, give me more. And we don't live in gratitude. God's deliverance is forgotten. We live in ingratitude when God's gifts are ignored. Uh, it says in the uh, book of James, every good and perfect gift comes down from heaven, from the Father of lights, in whom there is no darkness or shadow of turning. And yet so many of us just take things that come to us and take them for granted, and we're living in ingratitude. Or when God's Spirit is resisted, when Stephen was giving his testimony, he said to the people, you know, you're, you're stiff-necked people and your hearts are hard, and you're resisting God's Spirit. They closed up their ears and they took him out and stoned him. Man, I'm telling you, whenever we deafen our ears to what the Holy Spirit is saying, we are living in ingratitude. So let me just come back before I leave uh, the, this story about the uh, ten lepers. Remember, the one guy came back and was 
uh, and express gratitude. Now, on all of the others, it says, you know, and all ten were healed. And you know the Hebrew word, or the Greek word for that healing. Katharizo. They were catheterized. You know, we, you catheterize or cauterize something. You know, you, you heal it. All of them were healed. But only this one guy in the last uh, verse says, your faith has healed you. He used a different word for healing. It's this, your faith has saved you. All ten were healed. Only one was saved. The problem wasn't that they were asking Jesus for too much. The problem is they were asking Jesus for too little. They got healing of their bodies. Only this one man got the healing of his heart. And tonight, or today, Jesus wants for all of us at this Thanksgiving season to realize God comes and invites us to open our hearts to him. How many times do we come to church and we say, oh, you know, I want God to do something for my marriage. I want God to do something for my kids. I want God to do something for my finances. God, I want something for my relationships. And, you know, God wants to do these things. He's a generous God. But what he wants most of all is not just to heal the circumstances. He wants to heal our hearts. And that happens when we live in gratitude. When we come to Jesus and we say, thank you for loving me even when nobody else did and when we go out into the world and we say God would you help me to love others with the love of Jesus even if nobody else does let's pray together Father um, when I first thought of this story of this friend who came to, to me with this you know, hey can you give me more listening to you that the story wasn't about a guy who was greedy it was more about me and a heart that was hard forgive me for not living thank you help me this week to do better would you help me to care about the people you care about never think that somebody doesn't matter every person Help us all to live that this week, to live thankful and to bring honor to Christ. We wouldn't want to forget to pray for Shannon. We thank you for her and ask you to give safety to her and Drew and Mallory as they travel back. Watch over all of them and give them God's grace. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to the Solomon's Porch Podcast. We hope you heard some good practical news in this episode that you can apply to your life. If you'd like, we'd love for you to review our podcast on iTunes and share it with your friends. You can also support our ministry by going to theporchvaldosta.com slash give. Until next time, stay classy, listening friends.